0: I believe in miracles. Don't say people. I'm doing business here, man. I don't want anybody tells you. Words and ideas can change the world. 90% of what you're saying ain't coming out of your mouth. From failing, you learn. From success, not so much. Keep moving forward. Welcome to the Small Business Miracles Podcast. I'm Jeff Randolph. This small business podcast is brought to you by EAG Advertising and Marketing. We're going to talk about marketing, and we're also here to celebrate entrepreneurs. We have marketing news and advice that business owners can use to keep moving forward. This week, we sit down with Marcia McPhee, a prolific teacher, entrepreneur, lecturer, worship designer, and spirituality leader who is basically a rock star in her field. We'll talk to her about innovation and our place in the world. Right after this marketing tip. A stretch of time here, we're gonna talk about how to prioritize your marketing. First, a word about who we typically work with as an agency. We, we don't usually talk about all the clients or the client work because we don't want this podcast to be an infomercial, but I think it's important to understand our perspective here. Our clients are growth-minded, small and mid-sized businesses that want to grow. They likely don't have a full marketing department or or oftentimes they don't have dedicated marketing leadership, meaning we're working directly with the CEO, the business owner, um, maybe a vice president of sales who has responsibility over marketing. Um, Because of that, we focus a lot on prioritizing your marketing efforts. If you have all the resources in the world, um, it's like playing tennis without a net. You you can do a lot more with your marketing. Um, you can be on social media channels that no one has ever heard of um, on the off chance that that social media channel like actually catches on. For the rest of us, the, the humans out here, we have to be very selective and use our resources wisely to prioritize the best first place to put our first marketing dollar before we move on to spend the second marketing dollar. Entrepreneurs are bombarded nonstop with great new opportunities that may be good ideas, um, but we need to put them up against our priorities in marketing to see where that really shakes out. If you see one of those shiny new opportunities come along and it isn't a better strategic tactic than what's already in your priority list—it's exciting, it's it's wonderful, it's fun— but it may be best to table that if it really doesn't fit that priority and and be the thing that you need it to be. So where do we start? We'd suggest starting with the negatives. Um, Eliminate the things that are going to do damage before you get out of the gate. Think of this like taking the parking brake off before you start to drive the car. If you don't take the parking brake off, you can do all the right things. You can drive the car, but they're just not going to be as effective and may actually damage your car. Things that we might put into this category include, um, let's let's start with your location listings. Um, we've talked about those before, but these are the places online where your company information exists, but you may not actually control that directly. If someone uses yellowpages.com for some reason, and they see that you're open at 8 a.m. today, they then load up that trailer and drive 100 miles to get to your place, only to find out that you're closed on Sundays— it's probably the fastest way to earn a negative online review and lose a customer. So we'd start by prioritizing that kind of negative. Speaking of, we would also put customer reviews in that category, address those. The way a company responds to an online review is just as important to, as the review itself. But don't stop there. Listen to those reviews and honestly assess if you could have done better, if there's something about your process, your your company, your um, employees, your your procedures that could be better, fix that issue. Not, Not just the way you respond to the review, but actually fix that issue. Another parking break is in the search engine optimization category, you know, SEO if you have errors there that are negative indicators to search engines fix that before you start investing in the proactive seo measures that can get you new traffic to the website that may be not being a mobile friendly site or it could be your security certificate is expired and you need you know it's 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 taking away some of that trust it may also be something like site speed if if it takes too long for your mobile page to load Google will see that and they won't send as much traffic because they know a customer is gonna get frustrated and hit the back button before they actually see your page finish loading. That's a negative you have to fix before you start investing in that proactive stuff. Um, For an employer brand, the next one may be your employer reputation. Do people hate working for you? Those people talk, they post on Glassdoor and that's going to make it difficult and much more expensive to recruit the people you actually need to do the work. Plenty of strategies to fix that. It doesn't necessarily mean you need to raise your wages. But the way you're positioned and the way you communicate will go a long way there. Your website may also be a negative that we need to fix first. Um, what, what does that experience look like? What, what does your, your customer do? What, is, what do they do when they get to your site? Does the site convert traffic to being a customer? Is it telling people what they want to know about you? Is it too hard to read? Does it represent your target audience so that customers see themselves there? Before we pay to send traffic to the website, we may need to fix that site. Those are just a few of the big parking break kind of issues that you'll wanna to remove to help you prioritize where you spend your marketing budget. It's, it's step one for us. That is your marketing prioritization tip for today. I am here with Marsha McPhee. Marsha is a professor. She's a ritual artist, an adventurer, a worship designer, an author. Uh, Marcia, welcome to the program. Thanks so much. Great to be here. I'm happy to have you here because you, like, you are kind of a rock star in your world. I want to you know, <laughs> make sure everyone understands who you are and what you do um, because you are absolutely prolific. Um, you, you even have, have self-described as, you know, I've, I've been around, as they say. Yes. You, you go deep into that. Give, give us a sense of, of who you are and what you do.
1: Wow. Okay. So at the heart, I am a creator, I am a creative, Mm -hmm. and that takes many forms. And really what I do now is an amalgamation of all of the creativity that I have trained in and done my whole life. So, you know, I started out in my first career in professional dance and musical theater. Mm -hmm. So the arts and creating things, creating experiences all over the world was really my my first foray Mm -hmm. into this creating thing. And I've always been... Involved in the church, and at a certain point, I felt a call to do big extravaganza performance art around social justice issues in historically significant places.
0: You know, like we all do. Like we all do, right?
1: (laughs) Because I knew the power of getting artists together musicians, Mm -hmm. dancers, media artists, you know, people who create amazing light sound etc orchestras and really my idea as I traveled the world with these dance companies you know I I really saw um, some significant places that had stories to tell mm. historical stories that we need to listen to in order to make the world a better place mm. so that really was the ground, and and I I went to seminary, got a graduate degree in divinity, mainly because, in theology, because I wanted to have sort of that grounding in social justice and Mm -hmm. ethics that would inform my work. And while I was in seminary, I just uh, started talking to churches about the arts, what I knew about the arts Mm -hmm. that would help them with their worship, and it kind of snowballed. Oh, yeah. And I never imagined I would do that. Now, I have created these big sort of things around social justice issues. But the majority of my bread and butter work now is Worship Design Studio, which um, helps churches. You know, Mm -hmm. I'll I'll say this. This is the unofficial tagline, all right? Unofficial. Unofficial. It's what I say to people on the airplane, you know, because a lot of people don't have a connection to the church world. Completely fine. But how do I describe what I do? Mm -hmm. Well, I say I help churches be less boring, and it's a very large market. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> so, so that's not to slam people on no, what they're no. doing because, you know, everybody's in a different place, but we can all be better communicators. Mm-hmm. And that's really my job is to help people be better communicators. It just happens to be in this church world where the communication, hopefully, the progressive church world is really where I live and breathe. Mm-hmm. And that is messages akin to those social justice messages that I first was, you know, really inspired by. And that is, let's make the world a better place for all people. So that's really kind of, you know, the basis of what I do, and it... it. Manifests itself in many
0: ways. Gotcha. Well, and and Worship Design Studio is is one of those those outcomes from all of that work that you do. Um, describe a little bit more about Worship Design Studio and and what what that is and and who uses it that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. So my ideal client, as we say in mm-hmm. the marketing world, that's right, is um, pastors and worship volunteers, staff and volunteers, paid and unpaid, who are creating. Um, communication events, i.e., worship, mm-hmm. every week because Sunday comes around every flippin' week w-
0: without without fail. Without, without
1: fail. And it's that's a pretty big pressure kind of thing. And so it's small to medium sized churches that where you know like the leaders are wearing all the hats. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, what gets left on the back burner and slapped together last minute is worship, and that's not good because that's the primary <laughs> that's the way that we communicate, yeah,
0: that's, that's what you're, you're um, and out.
1: transform lives and and inspire people to do good things in the world. So, it's that's what Worship Design Studio does. I educate in all the worship arts, so you know, verbal, musical, media. Uh, you know, visual, tangible, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I also create, like, full packages that churches can just buy, mm-hmm. and then that jumpstarts them into their planning. And so they don't have to start from scratch. And that's really the official tagline, and that yeah. is you're never alone, mm-hmm. and you never have to start from scratch.
0: It's, it's staring at that blank page yeah. can be a, a, yeah. a, just a detriment for so many that's that's right. And, and you've overcome that. Um, I want to uh, you're also an author. Um, mm-hmm. I want to dive into Think Like a Filmmaker for mm-hmm. a minute, your third book. Um, and you're giving strategies for delivering a sensory rich workshop that keeps volunteers invigorated and pastors inspired and congregations coming back for the sequel. Give us some some yeah. background and the inspiration for that book, because it sounds like all of those those performance pieces are coming together in a book this time.
1: Yeah. So a lot of people have equated Sunday morning worship to theater, to Mm -hmm. teach sort of the art form. But, you know, these days, not everybody goes to the theater. And so those metaphors for, you know, somebody who's leading a small little church in the middle of rural America, they might not go to the theater. And so it's not as um, immediate and tangible Mm. for them as a learning tool. And so, but everybody watches movies. Right. Right. So I decided, plus I, (laughs) if I had it to do all over again, I would totally be in film. I'd be, I'd be directing film. So I studied filmmaking Mm -hmm. in order to write this book. I talked to filmmakers and I found analogies about how they tell stories effectively. To help people who are creating these storytelling events Mm -hmm. every Sunday and help them understand like the relationship, you know, our, our most beloved scenes in a movie are likely underscored with music. Yeah. Now, why is that and how does that work? And in some churches that is, you know, in, in historically black churches, that is like a given, Mm -hmm. right? But in lily-white rural churches, you know, in the Midwest, let's say, or anywhere. Mm -hmm. That hasn't been a skill set that they have. And so I, like, break it down and I say, okay, this is how you do a movie underscore underneath this reading, and here's the neuroscientific reason why it helps us hear the words better.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A a, a good way to kind of... um, help, help tell that story and engage someone emotionally, which is, which is where, you know, we, we get sales that way. We, we get, Mm -hmm. you know, brand awareness that way and Mm -hmm. and you can engage with a story. So the the music piece is interesting because the, you know, as a, a, as a person who is, let's just say challenged with dancing even, right. There's Mm -hmm. that, that moment in your brain where you say, I will begin dancing now. (laughs) Right. And not everyone has that. Other people have the ability to just kind of flow into it. Mm -hmm. Um, Having having the music come in, not at a, and the music is, you know. Yeah, now we're doing music. Now we will do Now we're music. doing words. Now, now we were, will do yeah. words. That's, yeah. that's a good way to go. I like yeah. that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it creates this sense of that Sunday morning communication event, mm-hmm. i.e. worship, as a journey, as a spiritual journey from beginning to end, rather than an agenda, mm-hmm. like a list of things to check off. And sometimes worship feels like that, and... God knows that we, you know, most people in the pews have way too many agendas, way too, I mean, they spend their week with a bullet list of things to oh, yeah, do. Yeah. So that's not what we need when we nurture our spirituality. We need a journey that sort of takes us somewhere in a narrative that helps us live our lives better. Yeah. And that is a very different kind of communication than the business meeting. Yeah. And so teaching that, artfulness that's mm-hmm. what i call ritual artistry that is exciting to me because i'm an educator like i'm a creative but i am also at heart an educator mm-hmm. and so when i see the light bulbs go off and people find like a like a simple skill set even somebody who just reads right off of the page and is not a very skilled pianist but they learn how they can how they can use that and, and create movie music underneath words. Oh. And they just, they're like, minds are blown. That's so fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and anything... To help communicate with with the crowd, anything right. to help communicate with the audience so that they get it. Um, I've I've said it before. I'll I'll say it again. You, I, re, I was reminded by you know the the checklists of things that we all have going on in our head. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an attention span like a ferret on a double espresso. We can't focus on anything, and so yeah. the more you you can give them uh, the ability to sit and enjoy and engage yeah. in a story. that story is going to have impact. That's going to be meaningful.
1: Absolutely And you know my my background and my fascination with neuroscience and cognitive science, Really helps me in this teaching because you know we all learn and communicate in different ways, mm-hmm. and for some people it's not the music, it's the visuals. And if the space that we're going in to have this experience is the same every week, mm-hmm. that is boring to us, right? Oh, yeah. Boring yeah. is relative to our learning style, and so how do we create a space that's also communicating the message, even through just color and texture and lighting? Yeah. Um, so you know these are just. Yummy things that I love to teach,
0: and that's kind of what I'm about. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said neuroscience and cognitive. Uh, like, we're we're going to dive into your brain okay. next. Oh dear, because <laughs> we we interview business owners, we interview entrepreneurs, and mm-hmm. and a thing that that many of you have in common is that uh, the way you make connections, the way you innovate, yeah. the way the way that you're thinking about things. So, um, as a business owner, we can already see that that passion for innovating and and bringing new ideas to the market. Mm-hmm. Um, you're always thinking about what's next and and you're trying to get something out of your head and into a, a finished product. Um, what is the best, if you're thinking about business advice in that way, yeah. what's the best business advice you've gotten?
1: Mm. Well, so much because, you know, when I started this 30 years ago, nobody in my field was doing it. Yeah, so yeah, you're an, you're I was just making it up as I went along and I studied with people who were teaching others how to sell information, right? How to how to get your product that was a teaching kind of thing out there. Mm-hmm. So I studied with them. But I think the to your question about the best advice, I would say it's back to the communication thing. Learn oh. how to talk about what you do mm-hmm. to anyone. So, you know, that's why, you know, in this podcast, likely there's a whole lot of people listening that, aren't necessarily in the church world. Sure. So I'm not going to, you know, when you ask me what Worship Design Studio does, I'm not going to start with some, you know, answer that doesn't communicate to a broader, a broader audience, audience, sure, sure. right? So that's why I always, you know, have my my airplane speech yeah. ready, you know. Um, so communicating what you do, I think, is really essential mm-hmm. because if you're doing something, if you're a pioneer in some way, if you're innovating something, mm-hmm. then people don't even have a framework talk about cognitive science you know we talk about frameworks they don't even have a a file folder in their brain to sort of put it in because it's not something they've encountered before and so learning how to say well this is like this Mm -hmm. only it's related to that so that you're always learning how to speak in a way that that can actually create a picture Mm -hmm. because that's how we learn the best is to create a picture out of our words Mm -hmm. Um, and, and have that be something that goes, oh, I get it. Wow. I never heard of that, but that's really cool.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That's the, you know, so that I think is the best advice is that learning how to talk about it. Even when it's so innovative, you're not sure what it is right, yet. Right, right.
0: You don't know how to get it out of your own head. But, right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah,
1: I would say that's it. I mean, lots of other stuff yeah, on the way, but
0: well, but great, great yeah. advice, great, great insight yeah, into yeah, how yeah. you think. Um, I, I want to talk about travel because one of the uh, products that you offer is also some some travel and, and destination um, kind of experiences. Um, it, You've developed events there. You've just, uh, I think, created and completed a spiritual adventure in Ireland, mm-hmm. as an example. Yeah. Um, and, and as part of that, you said, um, travel helps expand our worldview and right-size our perception of our role in it and our responsibility uh, responsibility to the whole. Yeah. Um, there, there are a lot of examples of how we live in that global village and how travel can help center us, either spiritually or, or otherwise. Mm-hmm as you think about the role that travel has had in your life, um, what advice would you give to other entrepreneurs or or even other humans Mm -hmm. about how to travel and how to approach Mm. purpose in travel? Um, And I'm, you know, my, my own experience, I'm about to go on a, a, a a trip to the middle of the Mayan jungle and Mm. live in a bubble hotel for a few days where it's just, you're totally cut off from everything else and you're just there to think, right? Wow. Tell me, how how do you approach that travel? How do you, how should people think about it?
1: Yeah. Thank you for that question. I love it. Um, So spiritual care adventures is sort of my new innovation, my new venture Mm -hmm. that I'm developing even further because I've been doing worship design studio for a long time. It's going to stay. It's still serving lots of people. But I think as a, a, as a pioneer and as an innovator, I'm always looking for the what's next for my own growth. Right. And I have traveled my entire life. My father was an airline pilot and It's in my bones. It's in my cells. So I started taking people on these Mm -hmm. spiritual care adventures. And spirituality for me is a big, huge umbrella term.
0: Yeah, there's a label there. Yeah, Yeah.
1: it's just uh, about expanding our consciousness, expanding our experience. And travel is so amazing at doing that. But a specific kind of traveling, I think. And that is moving from just simply being a tourist Mm -hmm. To a pilgrim, oh, so a pilgrim is someone who is embarking on the adventure in order to learn not just about where they're going, but to learn about themselves. And so, when I take women to Ireland, it's a it's a, a tour a, a tour I call an untour, mm. and it's not sightseeing; it's sight being. Ooh. Which is kind of a shift in consciousness about how you find yourself there.
0: Let's put a service mark on that term, right? Quick. Right. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, you all can help me with that. That's right.
1: That's right. <laughs> um, and it's that shift that helps you sort of be in a different state of mind when you're there, not just gobbling up information, but also doing what I call exformation. Cool. So getting out what's in your head and playing with it in an environment that's that's different. Mm-hmm. Um, Because when we're in around difference, Mm -hmm. it is a catalyst for discovering something new about ourselves. And so I would say being open to discovery is being open to difference and open to transformation. Like, who am I going to be because I I had this experience, Mm -hmm. not just how much do I know and how many how many places can i put the flag on my map right right but who am i because i went on this adventure how
0: did that change me how did that make yeah. me look at the world how did yeah th- yeah.
1: yeah and in ireland i call it uh, creator badass and saint that's the that, that's <laughs> the untour um, because i'm looking at f- irish female archetypes and it's oh, okay. a it's a trip for all women mm-hmm. And so we're asking ourselves along the way, you know, looking at the pre-Christian goddess tradition, and how does that live in us? Which is a very creative kind oh, of, yeah. uh, you know, it 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 embodies creativity that goddess tradition. Yeah. And the badass, you know, is about, uh, you know, the Grace O'Malley, the pirate queen of the west coast of Ireland. Mm-hmm. How do how are we fierce in our protection of the least? You know and so we ask ourselves that and then the saint in Ireland Saints female saints are really an amalgamation of the goddesses and everything and so how are we an amalgamation within ourselves we're not just one thing we're multiple things in inside ourselves we're multiple we manifest our presence in the world in multiple ways and how can we celebrate mm-hmm. that uh, Saints were not all goody two shoes they were pretty fierce. So you know, we kind of look at that. So finding a way in, kind Mm -hmm. of a perspective, and talk to as many people, locals
0: Locals. as you can. Yeah, Yeah.
1: always. It's just amazing how quickly people are willing to open up their lives Mm -hmm. to a stranger.
0: Yeah, at the very least, you get better restaurant recommendations. Absolutely. Beyond that, (laughs) it it sounds tremendously inspiring. Though, Um, I it it really ties into creativity you use yeah. that word several times yeah. in, in that um the, just in if you need to be more creative for the day the, yeah. the research would show that even taking a different path to yes. work changes right. the neural pathways in your brain so that you're thinking differently i can only imagine that um, going to ireland and, and having that kind of guided perspective helps inspire and make you more creative even introspectively yeah. that that's there's a lot of power there. That's that's big. That's big.
1: It is, and I and I every time I go somewhere else, like I go to on vacation, mm-hmm. but I can guarantee you the muse is going to show yeah, up, yeah, and I will have pages of ideas mm. uh, because my mind just expands. I happen to like places where I can see a long way. I lived in Tahoe for a long time because the mountains do that for me. Yeah. Some people it's going to be the beach. Some people you know, whatever yeah. inspires you. But uh, yeah, that's like if I'm stuck, then I got to get unstuck just by moving my body yeah. out of
0: familiarity into get difference. Somewhere else. Yeah. Well, let's let's switch and do something a little different now. We'll get into the lightning round. And okay. the lightning round is don't be afraid of the lightning
1: round. I'm not afraid.
0: But. Um, you don't have any concept of, of what category of thing we're about to talk about. Um, we're, we're going to dive in. We'll get shorter soundbite kind of answers. We'll dive in if we need to. Um, the first one is what's the best part of your job? So when you look back on a workday and you say this, this is it, this is why I do it. That's, that's it.
1: Oh my gosh. Talking talking out loud to other people so oh. like right now this uh-huh. is like the best be oh, this will be my best is... the best part of my
0: day right Man, now I hope it gets better from here honestly
1: this <laughs> no no, no. <laughs> seriously but that's my answer is like batting ideas around yeah. and batting philosophies around and, and just like dreaming uh, yeah I that's the best part all right
0: um, you, you deal with some challenges uh, when you when you have to recharge from a challenging day how mm. what does self-care look like? The fireplace. Ooh, mm-hmm.
1: I'm just saying that today because that's like it, it dropped 70 degrees did, here in Kansas City like
0: overnight. There was there was a cold front. That yeah, hurt us all.
1: Yeah, so that's the first thing. I'm like, You said lightning. Mm-hmm. That's what that's fireplace. what came to my Fireplaces. mind. was sitting in front of the fireplace reading a good book.
0: Gotcha. Um, next question. Before before the master's degree in theology and PhD in liturgical studies, mm-hmm. you had that early career we talked about at the top of the show about in professional dance and musical theater. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you miss from those days? Is there a a, a what if you stayed on that path?
1: Oh, Lord. Not a what if I stayed on that path because, you know, dancers get old very early. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But what I do miss is, um, gosh, I mean, we traveled all the time. Mm -hmm. We were always on some world tour. And so even though I still travel, I don't travel like that. Mm -hmm. Um, at that much and that extensively. Um, but also the improvisation, you know, five of those years I was dancing with a company that was doing a collaboration with the Dave Brubeck jazz quartet on stage for five years around the world. And the improvisation with jazz musicians was unbelievable. And it was a high Mm -hmm. that is not to be replicated anywhere else. So I missed that, high.
0: that, that I could see yeah. where you could miss that. Um, you have mentioned already that you lived in Tahoe. Um, you're an avid skier. I, I snowboard, uh, or at least I did at one point before it really started to hurt to fall down, um, <laughs> which led to your second book, Spiritual Adventures in the Snow, Skiing and Snowboarding as Renewal for Your Soul. Yeah. Where is the best place to ski or snowboard and why? Oh, gosh.
1: Well, I am going to have to just give a shout-out to what was my home resort the whole time I was in Tahoe, mm-hmm. and that's North Star. Um, in, it's near Truckee is where I lived mm-hmm. and on the north shore of, uh, of Tahoe. But I will give a shout-out there because I wrote my book there, and a lot of the athletes that I interviewed were, were there. Uh, but also I got to spend the night in a snow machine Ooh. grooming.
0: Oh, you got to ride. Oh grooming my machines?
1: gosh. It was magical. It was magical. Just
0: making fresh corduroy all day making long.
1: Making fresh corduroy on slopes that are so steep that you have to huh. hook onto something at the top of the hill so that the, the cat won't go like no. tumbling down the hill. You're literally tethered to the top of the hill. Uh and then the the that woman is, who was that uh, is where you
0: lost me, by the way. At oh the, yeah, right. That moment, I'm. I'm no, so... it was
1: thrilling. It was exhilarating. Okay. But the woman who took me out, um, she is a musician as well, mm-hmm. and she played movie music, movie soundtracks the whole time. You scored and, it, yeah. Like like what's better? Like that's incredible. That's amazing. <laughs>
0: I'm. <laughs> I, I think I'm gonna have to go with a Beaver Creek. I have a, a love for Beaver Creek in Colorado. Uh, it's just, uh, it's, it, it's it, a, a wonderful part yeah. of the Vail Resorts family. Um, let's let's uh, talk about your entrepreneur brain for a minute. Um, you don't have to talk about what you have your eye on next and mm-hmm. what's next for you. Uh, I don't. We don't need to. You know, give mm-hmm. that away. But I'm curious how your brain works to figure out what's next. How how do you approach Ugh. that? What's the what does that formula look like?
1: Wow. It's less a formula and more a spiritual journey, really. Mm-hmm. Um, if we want to talk spirituality, it's it's about getting in touch with what, what's really, what I really can't not do.
0: Oh, interesting!
1: Right, okay. because I can come up with fifty ideas in a day. Uh-huh. It's just the way my brain is wired, and I love how Elizabeth Gilbert, author describes ideas she kind of personifies them and she says ideas float around in the sky and they look at for potential people to bring them to life and then they find one they plop down on their head and that's when you have an idea Uh right uh in quotes you have an idea and if you don't do it for a little while, they go, hmm, this is not happening. I'm going to go find somebody else. And they leave you, and they go somewhere else. And that's why it's like you see some idea, and you go, wow, I had that idea 10 years ago. Well, yeah, you did, did. but you didn't do anything with Mm. it, so it went somewhere else. I love that sort of magical image. Yeah, Yeah, good image. But because so many ideas actually do plop on my head, Mm -hmm. I have to really discern what's mine to do, what's not mine to do. Because we can't do it all yeah yeah we can't spread ourselves so thin that that a project doesn't come to fruition and so it is kind of a discerning it's kind of a like what is my spirit yearning to do and if i don't have a fire for it or if the flow isn't happening and the connections i'm making kind of then i have to let it go and that's a spiritual practice as well letting things go yeah. that's a huge one yeah. so
0: yeah out, outstanding. I'm, let's end the lightning around there. We'll, we'll stop the okay. we'll stop the pain and stop <laughs> the torture. Um, Marcia, it has been great to have you on the podcast. Tell me, where can people find you if they need more information about you, need to get in touch, need to go on a spiritual journey to Ireland, Ireland? need to, right. to get worship design studio materials? How yeah. do they find you?
1: Well, I think the easiest place is just to go to marciamcfee.com, mm-hmm. uh, M-A-R-C-I-A-M-C-F-E-E because both of those names are spelled differently than many people yeah, yes. uh, imagine. Uh, but that's kind of the hub for my many projects um, that I'm doing. If so. you're
0: doing it, it's going to be there. All right, yeah. excellent. Well, Marcia, thank you for being with us today.
1: Thank you. It's been a pleasure.
0: And that is our show. Thanks to our guest, Marcia McPhee, and thank you for listening to the Small Business Miracles podcast. Remember to subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Drop us a line on our website at eagadv.com if you have any thoughts. Until then, we'll be out here helping entrepreneurs with another small business miracle.